Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Easy Tarot Lessons. We have a impromptu uh, podcast to listen today. I've got Becky from the UK and Cindy from Planet Earth on the show today. Um, hi Cindy, how are you doing? Hello. And Becky, it's always nice to see you, Becky, uh, even though you're Becky's sick, so she's going to sound funny today. <laughs> hi Dusty. At least you have an excuse. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. All right, so um, we were yapping a few minutes ago about um, clarification cards. Uh, Becky, why don't you bring everybody up to speed, please? Um, well, the, it basically came off um, a comment that was from a discussion that we were having um, before the kind of lesson slash podcast last week about um, when... Um, is the right time to use clarification cards in a spread. And I think it might help this evening if we could go over it, because I know this has been a sticking point for me, so I'm sure it's a sticking point for a lot of other students as well. Excellent. Um, clarification cards are incredibly useful, but um, we don't jump into using them just like we don't jump into bed on like before the first date. I would technically we need like a first date and maybe some dinner or something and you know it's okay it's been five minutes but you know any earlier than five minutes like, you know that's just rude so in that same sense we don't pull a card for a client sit there look at it go I don't get it and then start opening up clarification cards or try to open up the cards to try to figure out what the first card means it just that defeats the whole purpose of reading yet I'm constantly seeing readers they start into a reading they get stuck without verifying the reading or even understanding what the question they're asking is or the proper way to go about answering it and instantly out comes the clarification card so I want to make sure that anybody who's listening never makes that mistake um, once again, we are having the studio worked on, so there will be lots of banging in the background. And I apologize. There's some now, if you listen closely. Um, okay, so, Cindy, you are going to be my star student, uh, and Becky's going to be um, the client. So, in true British style, because um, we were talking about the dead parrot sketch, um, uh, Becky walks in. That would be the door. And uh, Becky, take it away. You have a, a question to ask Cindy. Okay. As per usual, this is hypothetical, so I'm not judged by the masses, but I'm going to be a very prim and proper English woman who has come <laughs> to you. And having been married to my husband for the last 20 years, I've also been having an affair with the hot gardener, um, and I'm at a bit of a crossroads so I'm trying to make a decision between the two men. <laughs> so how can you help? So I suppose that um, the first thing Cindy would have to do is, is to figure out what, what she's going to ask. Right, Cindy? Right. So this is, this is a perfect example of Becky's presented you with a situation. Uh, and it sounds like a question, but it's not really a question. Like, you can't just throw cards on that you have to kind of if you, if you want good solid information you have to 
either ask her a little bit more information or even go with that. But you're going to have to start to formulate a question that you are going to ask the gods or your spirit guides or whatever. What are your thoughts on that, Cindy? Uh, so I really want to get down to her intention. Is she asking me, you know, does she want to choose one over the other and try to get her to open up um, just to get down to what her intention was, right? Let me let me stop everybody right there. That was that was brilliant. Cindy, this is the difference between a pro and everyone else. Um, what I was implying was that Cindy wanted to find out a little bit more information or at least figure it out in her head so she knew what to ask. Cindy went the extra step and said, it's not just a matter of uh, giving her information. It's a matter of finding out what Becky wants to happen, where she wants to go. Cindy's not going to spend or I should say waste half an hour or 45 minutes uh, extolling the virtues of one or, or the other. Um, she's going to zero in to find out which direction Becky wants to go. If Becky really wants to know if it's a choice or if she's masquerading a choice uh, to really mean, hey, how do I get from this point to that point? Either how do I get out of this one situation or how do I elope with the gardener? And this is going to help Becky when she walks out the door feel much more confident, much more secure, and feel like she really got her money's worth. And I like that. So I hope you guys caught that. What Cindy did is try to figure out what your where your client is going. And if you can't, you know, ask them. And that's that's what she said. She said, I'm I'm going to find out what Becky wants to know. You know, where are we going with this? Because it's not just a matter of, oh, I have two guys. Maybe she wants both of them. Maybe she, but again, there's, there's no room for maybes. Um, not, not when you're getting paid for this. So just great, great call, Cindy. And I wanted to make sure that moment didn't slip by because this is, you know, education. I want to make sure that people can leave this classroom, this virtual classroom and go out in the real world and they can impress their clients amazingly. That's kind of redundant. All right, Cindy, please go ahead and give the hypothetical question a hypothetical question. Okay, so in this case, I would just start kind of actually um, getting down to the nitty-gritty with her, just to zero in on it, like you said, and save some time. So I'd ask her several different questions and see if it might weed one of those or if she would end up feeling comfortable enough to just come out and say it. So, Becky, um, you know, what are, are you – trying to find out if if it's a good idea maybe to divorce your husband and go with the gardener and that would be okay or do you want both of them at the same time and you just want to know if you could still carry this on without any uh anyone getting hurt or what exactly are are you trying to find out um basically i want to know whether i can continue this double life and i'm not i'm, I'm going to be able to get away with it that's a good so, question. I, I, I've done that quite a few times in my group. Anybody listening? That's that's a real question. Not not Becky. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I've heard this one before. Yeah, I'm not married and I don't have a gardener, just for the record. <laughs> but beyond that. <laughs> so this is great. So let's let's move forward and say that we've uh, Cindy's done all of her pre-spread work. She's done uh, any clarification. 
she's really good on what she's going to ask and she decides that she's going to cast a, uh, a Celtic cross. And, uh, Becky, give me, uh, give me a number between, let's say, uh, well, let's just go one and ten. Uh, nine. Okay. The Celtic cross version that I've been teaching, that I learned, um, way back when I was a wee little kid, uh, it, it dictates that Card position nine is a very positive card, or generally, generally speaking, if a negative card shows up in a positive situation, you have somebody whose head is really, um, well, either their head's on backwards or they're distracted, or we'll go into that later, but, um, generally speaking, this is supposed to be your, your positive outlook. So it would be your hopes and dreams, what you want, what you want more of, what you're trying to attract, um, versus, let's say, card seven, which is what you're afraid of, or what you're trying to get rid of, or what you're trying to avoid. So we know that whatever card comes up in card position nine will be pretty much the best that um, Becky could hope for. Now, Becky may not be telling us everything, but the cards will. So I'm hoping Cindy will um, pull a random card. We will pr- we'll place it in our imaginary spread in card position nine, and this will be the basis of what to clarify, when to clarify, how to clarify, and when it's too soon. Um, can I have a card, please, Cindy? Okay. Shuffle, 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 ding, card. Ding. Oh, nine of cups. Nine of <laughs> cups. Okay, well, that sounds like an easy one. Um, I, I could go any number of places with that, but Cindy, let's see how well you've been studying Um in this imaginary spread, in this imaginary situation, answering this imaginary question, uh, roughly speaking, what would you generally say this, in, this implies? How does this card, and, and here, here's what I want everybody to hear, how does this card help to answer the question in the, in the way that all ten cards help to answer the question, and then from there you have your answer? Well, it looks like uh, she could have her cake and eat it, too, joyously. <laughs> Um, Remember, this is not a prog- yeah. prognostication, but that... And this is what she's uh, hoping and wishing for, and it looks like it's a go. So she... She really, really wants this. She would be able to get away with it. She would get it. And just even looking more at the card, I see that besides all the nine cups and being lavishly dressed, there's there's something curtained behind the table. And it's successfully curtained, so yes, she would be able to get away with uh, having this double life. So this is her fervent wish. There yeah. is no doubt in Becky's mind that, right. um, and you know, this is funny because Napoleon Hill says burning desire. Um, I say healthy obsession. Um, you, you, if you're gonna do something like this, Becky, just, you know, just all you kids out there, if you're gonna do something, you gotta do it all the way. What a what a what a healthy lesson to teach our children, kids. If you're going to be deceptive, um, see it. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. So let's say now. Here's the wrong way to clarify this. We read the spread, or even if this is a one card spread. Because in essence, if you think about it, the Celtic cross is nothing more than ten one-card spreads. 
they just happen to live in like a gated community where they all have to work together and their kids play in the little gated sandbox and whatnot. So whether this was a one card spread or one card of a three card spread, or in this case where we, it is a Celtic cross. So we know what this card applies to. We know how it answers the question. We know what we asked and we know the situation. So we're pretty good on this. We have a nice, clear understanding. But let's just back off and say, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, Nine of Cups could be a lot of things. If we are not clear on what this card means, it is not okay to pull another card to try to explain to ourselves what this card means. The specific, The most specific reason for that is because we have no verification of its accuracy. We, we can't even come close to knowing if that is a random card or if that card applies to Becky. Now, in a fixed position spread where we have absolute set meanings, and especially in an overview spread, all of this is in advanced tarot secrets. I mean, you're like, if this, I'm talking Greek to you, just, just get the book. But otherwise, just, you know, Keep going on. Take notes, take notes, take notes. Um, but in a fixed position spread, uh, such as the Celtic Cross, where we talk about, uh, you know, hopes and dreams and wants and desires and blah, 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 blah. We were really able to triangulate this. But if we don't know, if we don't understand what the card is saying in the first place, um, it is not okay. Because in a card, in a, in a spread, such as the Celtic Cross and an overview spread. Any overview spread uh, can be verified. And if you can verify the accuracy of a spread, it gives you extra confidence in the uh, prediction, you know, when it comes to the prognostication part, what's going to happen. Um, so if we're reading card nine, we've already verified the spread. Uh, card nine is... Uh, did I call it, Becky, did I call it a pseudo-verification card? or No, I think I called it a quasi-verification card. Um, yeah, seven and nine are quasi-verification cards. They're not prime verification cards. But especially when the spread protagonist is our client, who's right in front of us, Becky, um, then it becomes a stronger verification card because we can ask Becky and say, Becky, you really want this? And Becky doesn't go, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just pretending it's not a real spread. She's going to say, she's going to stay in character and say, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to say, <laughs> actually, I think the only reason that I want both and when I get away with it is because I don't think I could cope with the social stigma of being a divorced woman hand on brow and what I really want to do is run off with the gardener and live in a little shack somewhere and be happy ever after but I don't know whether I could cope with being ignored by all my friends and everybody else so actually I don't really know what to do see now that is brilliant because Becky acted as our clarification card uh, we told Becky we see, Becky didn't, you know, hint that uh, she really, really, really wanted this. That came out in the cards. Um, 
we told Becky what we saw. We said, Becky, this card here says, or it looks like, you know, you blah, blah, blah. And we're, we're explaining to her, it's, look, sister, we, we know you really want this. It's a crazy situation, but, you know, and then in a perfect world, such as Becky has just uh, described by her participation, thank you, Becky, <laughs> um, in a perfect world, you and your client are co-researchers. Much as if you're reading for yourself. If you're reading for yourself, you know the answers. So when your intuition says something to you about the cards, uh, or through the cards, about the cards, about your situation, the, the part of you that's, that's not channeling, the part of you that's sitting there going, uh, is this real? Am I, do I, is there someone inside me? Uh, should I go eat? That part of you is going to go, Oh wait, hey, wait! Wow, that's amazing. How did the car know this? And how did the car know this? And blah blah blah. Same, you know, because it's internally playing the part of your client. So when uh, when you talk to your client, it works best if you present your findings and they verify them with the facts, or they say, "Oh no, you're 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 full of crappy damn hippie." Um, this is the how the best readings go because it allows you to dig deeper into the cards for more and more information that they can go ahead and turn uh, turn around and verify after they after they you know leave your establishment. If you do not have a dialogue with your card, if you uh, client, if you're reading by email or mail or reading the distant past or distant future or um, reading about an election coming up, because, you know, at least here in America, we have those every couple of years, just just to keep life exciting. Um, you know, you never know who's going to be running the country. Hey, it could be a clown. Um, that was kind of an, uh, an oxymoron. So, when you do not have that dialogue with your client, uh, your readings will be a little bit more general. You will be very reliant on your intuition and you're going to have to really stretch yourself. Is it possible? Absolutely. Do you get better with a lot of practice, like years of practice? Uh, perfect practice. Absolutely, yes, because perfect practice makes perfect. Practice is just practice. You practice sloppy and become sloppy. So always remember, it's always about perfect practice makes perfect. My drill instructor taught me that. He was right. I was 17. Think you remember. So, with Becky, she helped us clarify what we were seeing. Now, this brings up a second point, and this is where the value of a clarification card really comes to pass. Um, Becky has acted as our uh, de facto clarification card by uh, giving us more detail on how that card applies to her. But we don't have to stop there. We really want to do our job. This is when a clarification card comes out. We know that the card applies to her. We've talked to her. We said, Becky, and she's like, oh, oh that's, sit down, let me tell you something. And then she's like, blah, blah, blah. Now, armed with that information, we can reach even farther. We can say, uh, Becky talked about a social stigma and, um, you know, did not want it to be divorcee. We can ask what's behind that. So, Cindy, let's 
let's have fun playing Sigmund Freud and uh, let's let's <laughs> dig inside Becky's inner demons uh, and see see what pops out of the closet. So let's ask why you know what what's behind that whole visceral need for um, you know social stigmas and whatnot. Becky, what's behind this whole visceral need for? Something? No, no, no. You're. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're pulling a card. Okay. No, no. Becky <laughs> told us enough already. Now, see, our job is to use the cards to to dig up all this garbage. Okay. Uh, so I just pull a card, you mean, and then. Yeah, we're just using an example. What position but, are we putting it in? Tell you what. Go ahead and um, ask for a card. Let's see if we can get a fun one. Okay. Because you know fairies like to play too. Some, um, some they give us a fun card. Okay. Um, the fool. Because she's a damn blithering idiot. Um, it's because Becky is a Gemini and just needs her space and freedom and every day needs to be sunshiny and happy. <laughs> um, uh, Becky or, or Becky just wants to feel like a teenager again. Or, Cindy, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. If this were a clarification card clarifying the information we got from Becky based on the nine of cups, based on the question, based on her situation. So, you know, we have a, we have a chain of events that we can follow. We're not just asking a question out, you know, hanging off in the middle of nowhere. This is, this is anchored to a, a series of balloons and like, ah, you know, to the ground. Uh, how would you, how would you see that? You know, roughly, um, well, I, I'd also remember her first question, which is, you know, would she be able to carry on with the life that she has? And I would kind of see it next to the Nine of Cups as, yeah, she could, and there's not really much to worry about. She could just continue doing what she was doing and, uh, you know, there would okay. not be any consequence unless she doesn't really, uh, unless she missteps. How would you encapsulate your answer that you just gave uh, as it pertains to the card position nine? Uh, yes, you can continue. Don't change your strategy with your relationships. Aha, and here we have a problem. And uh, I'm glad that we ran across this. Um, card position nine represents, uh, it tells us what's going on inside Becky's head. It is not card position six. It doesn't tell us what's going to happen next. And it's not card position 10. It doesn't tell us the outcome. Therefore, it doesn't tell us what, what she can do or what she can't do. Um, it, it's a, it's an in-depth examination inside Becky's head. We're looking at, at, uh, Candyland, uh, inside Becky's head. We're not looking at what's going to happen in the future. So, these two cards, or this this hero and sidekick card, essentially, um, are not telling us uh, what to do or what's going to happen. We are examining Becky's psyche. So, um, can you rephrase your answer based on the card position? Not not making up an answer. Um, I would say, yeah, she, you know, having the affair is all is all right. And there's you know, nothing to worry about. Um, I'm sorry. I think I'm afraid that I am using too many words and not saying anything. Uh, let me put this as simply as I possibly can. I apologize to everybody if I sound uh, blunt, but we're not asking about the future. 
This card does not tell us the future. This card tells us what's in Becky's twisted imagination. Am I clear on that, Cindy? Or because I'm afraid that maybe you didn't understand what the card uh, was representing. All right. So then um, I kind of card nine, right? Yes. Represents her hopes and dreams. This is what she wants to happen. This doesn't mean. This card tells us what's going on inside her head. This card is not a. This card position is not. Um, a, a statement of whether she can get away with it, whether she should get away with it. This card only exists inside her head. This card is an examination of her and how and why she wants this or what her feelings are on this. It does not tell us at all whether she's going to get away with it or not. If anything, it tells us that she wants to get away with it. Right. And that's exactly then after you re-explained everything. Um, I would say, yeah, she would really, she wants to have both bad and she wants to be able to get away with it. Um, and how does the fool augment that? How, how does the fool answer the question, what's behind her, you know, need for, for this like dual, dual lifestyle? That she wants to live footloose and fancy free and in, in an easy way as possible without any baggage to carry. So this would say that Becky prefers to go through life in general. Yeah. Um, she's an emotional vagabond. Which actually is very true in real life anyway. See, and that's why I on. told Cindy to, to ask for a fun card, because the parents yeah. go, ha, ah. <laughs> Does that make any sense, Cindy? Yeah, it does. Um, but it then leads, you know... I'm kind of bouncing off of Becky's question here then. Um, is this something that the reader would do for his or herself? Like, you, you, if you believe you it is deeper. appropriate, um, our job is to help the client. And to some point, we may want to understand our client and their motivations so that we can uh, give them better advice. Okay. I certainly would like to know. My client is coming to me asking me for, for information that they cannot obtain on their own. Um, I reserve the right to find out why they're asking. I'm not saying that I'm going to run around and tell everybody what, what they're thinking, but in the confines of this reading, um, the, the better I understand their question the better I can understand the answer that I'm giving them and um, and, the, and the phrasing of it. Because I have to deliver the exact message. I have to do my best to give them um, accuracy, the truth, all that stuff. But um, if Becky was operating... Uh, give me another card out, uh, other than the pool, because we're running out of time, but um, let me... Uh, because Becky's on a schedule, but uh, give me another card, please, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Okay, five of swords. Perfect. This card is antithetical. That's my favorite word of the day, by the way. I, I can't stop using it. Tomorrow I'll have a new favorite word. Um, but it, it's it's pretty opposite in a lot of ways of the fool. Uh, wouldn't you say, Cindy? Yeah, I definitely. I, at least at face value. Uh -huh. So if this was... 
Becky's internal motivation for wanting all this. That means she's coming from a very dark place or a hurt place or a very vengeful place. Uh, she wants to get back at someone. Uh, maybe she wants to get back at her husband for something that she didn't tell you about. Maybe she wants to um, strike back at all the people that were popular and she wasn't. Maybe she, um, maybe she's just a bitch. <laughs> but internally, that's a different Becky than the la 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 Becky who just wants to go through life not caring about tomorrow. You know, the fool is like, who cares about tomorrow? What, what, what cliff? I don't think cliff. Gonna have fun. Now, if Becky asked the question and we were able to discern that this is a person who doesn't think ahead about tomorrow, we can deliver our message and also um, hopefully help her understand that there there can be consequences. Hence the the whole fool thing that there you know there may be a cliff coming up. Our job is not to judge our clients, but our job is to help them as much as we can get what they want and suffer and uh, live through the consequences of getting what they want. Um, if uh, so, same, you know, here, here's we're, Becky, you're now twins. One Becky is the happy, flighty, Gemini type who doesn't care about tomorrow, even though tomorrow she may come back crying and say, it didn't work out. Why didn't you tell me? And the other Becky is um, evil Scorpio. I know, I just pissed off all the Scorpios. Uh, but only the evil ones. Um, she's Inside, she's Lord Voldemort. She's Tom Riddle going, ah, I will strike back at you, Dumbledore. Do you see the difference in, uh, in psyches, Cindy, between those two Beckys? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, would you handle, and I'm just asking, would would you handle those two Beckys slightly differently? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, we could have pulled, we could have clarified any card position and just Becky just picked the number nine. So this, this got inside Becky's uh, psyche. Uh, we could have picked card five or card three. I mean, so you can blame Becky as far as bringing up the whole can of worms. Like, is it, you know, but yeah, I, I, I will stand by that. I will say, hey, you know, uh, sure, we can op we'll open up any card position. Um, our job is to uh, understand and interpret our spread. And um, from here, I can't go out and force morals on people. I can I can encourage people to be moral and ethical and upright, but um, people is people, and is going to do what they want. I just, my job is to make sure that uh, you do it properly. And then, uh, as I can, you know, try to guide you guys along on a path of light and happiness and rainbows and unicorns and, and guardian angels and stuff. Becky, did that help you understand a little bit more about uh, clarification and when to clarify? Yes, massively. Okay. Um, yes. Cindy, did you have any questions on this? Because I really want to make sure we're clear. No, no questions. Okay, thank you. The difference between clarification and opening up a card, one card, two cards, three cards, it's all in advanced tarot secrets, same basic process uh, and ba basic premise, too. It's a matter of how, how deep you want to go. It's like uh, the last part. Like, how far do you want to go, Michael? How far are you willing to go? Um, an expansion card. 
We've done the entire spread. Uh, Cindy, can I have one more card, please? Um, it is, it's a reverse card. It's ten of uh, wands. Ten of wands reversed. Yay. Card position ten. We got the ten of wands reversed. Becky, wow, what a relief. You, uh, you've been carrying this burden of worrying about how you're going to get away with it and whatnot. And you know what? It turns out that, uh, they're both, you know what, Becky? It turns out that they're both okay with it. So what a relief to you. Well, that sounds kind of bizarre. So while Becky's happy with her situation, she goes, what happens next? What about my kids? Well, you know, what about the neighbors? You know, how is it that possible? Now, if she says, how is it possible that they're happy with it? Then we're back in the same situation. Now we're clarifying card position 10. But if she says, uh, and then what happens? Or how are we going to handle Christmas, you know, or Thanksgiving or uh, you know, where you have the big family get-togethers. Um, that's where you, you don't take the card off the top of the deck. As a matter of fact, you never do that with clarification cards either. Um, always, when you have a brand new question, you have to shuffle the cards and know how many cards you're asking for. Oh, I just need one card. Okay, shuffle, 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 cut, ding, you know, or ding, cut, uh, however. Um, yeah, technically be cut, then ding. Uh, ding, why would you cut? You pull a card. Um, if that went by you too quickly, just get some practice and it'll make sense to you. Um, so a clarification card mid-spread, uh, after the whole thing's over and then you have additional add-on questions, um, you must shuffle and then you must ask. And then from there, you brain fart. But then from there, you, you draw new cards. Uh, for your end then questions and then and then and then and you can do that all day you know but at some point you you say wow that's a lot of cards we better you know you see, keep asking me questions I'm gonna have to shuffle again or get a new deck leave all that out and start with a fresh deck and leave your spread out as an open window again advanced tariff secrets is all in the book uh, is that clear Becky yes and I think that shows the difference between the clarification card uh, uh, sorry clarifying um, a card and expanding a card and also just quickly because it's always my little bit in all of this with the practice 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 and read the books it's another example of why you get us to do the exercises that you do and the and then exercise then means when you hit this in a reading it's going to be very fluid because you'll have done your practice and you'll have studied with your study buddies and you'll it will be a very fluid process for you so yes it it explains the difference between clarifying and expansion properly so thank you thank you it's my my one goal is that when you're on stage whether you're reading for yourself or you're on a desert island and you're trying to figure out what to do you know brainstorming Anybody uh, who uh, hasn't tried this, do some brainstorming or problem solving with the tarot. That's another actually a good exercise, even though I'm presented in the back of Advanced Tarot Secrets as uh, fun things you can do with the tarot and we talk about different spreads. But it's not a difficult exercise. You know, just have fun with it and, you know, keep an open mind and allow the tarot to guide you along. See where it takes you, like a magical trip uh, or a story journey, you know, that type of thing. But yes, the reason my my uh, my modus operandi, 
my whole reason for doing this um, matches my methodology. I am here to make sure that when you are on stage, it just works. When you're on stage, you can be worried about the audience, but you're not going to be worried about knowing what you know. You're not going to go, oh, how do I do this? And if nothing else, and you draw a blank and you pull a card, because you've been so conditioned, you know what the cards mean, you, you, you built up a dialogue with your cards. You instinctively, and again, it's all about instincts in this business, you instinctively grab that one card where the gods open up the sky and ah, light shines down from the heavens. That perfect card that does the work for you. That's the way the tarot is supposed to work. The cards are supposed to do the hard work for you. So you look at it and go, oh, that makes sense. And then you just open your mouth and all the stuff comes out. And you're like, wow, that was easy. And your client's like, yay. <laughs> there is a lot of pressure when you're reading. Uh, you know, you have people expecting things and people demanding and you have skeptics and, and people who looking at you with those big puppy dog eyes going, don't tell me anything bad. Tell me good stuff. And you need to be as unemotional and as clear and as fluid as possible. And you need your cards to work with you. So that's why we do all this practice. And that's why we do uh, all of the games and the exercises. And I just want to make sure one thing's very clear. As easy as I try to make it, uh, there is no substitute for practice. If you haven't done practice, don't you go, don't you dare go out there and charge money for a reading. You're going to make all of us look stupid and you're not going to do, uh, wonders for yourself either. And you might just even have people saying bad things about you. So, um, you got to practice. Uh, get yourself a study buddy. Um, hell, go online and give free readings if you have to and tell people, hey, I'm just a student. You know, I'm taking this with a grain of salt. I mean, take it all with a grain of salt. Watch your salt intake. Uh, Cindy, I'm getting silly here. Questions, thoughts? Uh, hell, you're a doctor. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's pretty good with what you started with, with just to get to the root of what she really wants to ask. Um, it's going to be therapeutically beneficial for you and and the uh, the client. Could you say that again in, in like normal people speak? I, I those are those are some pretty words. <laughs> I don't know what she meant. It saves a lot of agony and agita on both, you know, the uh, the reader side and the client side. If the client feels comfortable enough where they could come out not being judged, not feeling any shame and this is what they really want to know. Um, it's really good for both of you. Yeah, it's it's open communication. Open communication is very therapeutic. Open communication is generally the best way to uh, to get results and, and resolve problems. Uh, I, I like that. All right, thank you everybody for being here, Becky. I know you got to get out of here because it's almost midnight your time. Thank you so much for showing up, uh, Cindy. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, Piggy's, Piggy's not feeling well. I, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's, it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> I managed not to sneeze, though, so that was a good thing. There were a few close calls, but I held off the sneeze. 
Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Anybody has any questions, comment uh, on the podcast, just some little comments. Uh, write me, me at DustyWhite.net, although I'm writing a book, uh, so don't write me until May. Um, save the address. You know, send it. Send your mail, email delayed, or, or send it to Becky. Ask her questions. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. And for everybody else, uh, keep listening to the podcast, and for God's sake, Keep practicing. Okay. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.